0: Good morning, everybody. Here we go again for another very busy week on the morning program. It's Monday, January 23. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Wherever you're tuning in via the SEN app, those numbers remain the same. 0457 736 736 is the text line or open slather Monday. It's back on, folks. Here's the deal. 1-300-01-1170. Pick up the phone. Give me a call and we'll put you straight to air. We can cover a whole range of sporting issues because there are plenty in front of us off the back of a huge weekend. Before that, the forecast for Sydney, possible shower today, a top of 25, but okay for the rest of the week and maybe some showers again on Friday. The long-term forecast doesn't have any rain at the moment on the weekend, but it played Havoc with a whole stack of sport across the weekend. Let's hope that doesn't back up again. Uh, on the sporting menu today, rugby league, tennis, cricket, uh, EPL, NFL underway, NBL and A-League. Like I said, there's plenty in front of us. A new segment as well, the winner winner of the week. Thanks to Chargrilled Charlie's, home of Australia's best char grilled chicken and chips. You know what? Brooksy's with me this week. So 2am, Tommy's just done a bit of a shift change, which means that Brooksy's come in. Now, I'm, I'm tipping that Brooksy loves his char grill Charlies, but the first thing that Tommy said as soon as he knew we had a new segment, and a new sponsor on board, is do you reckon we can get some food in? <laughs> not, isn't it great to have a, a new sponsor on board? Do you reckon we can get some char grill Charlies in? Well, the answer to that is yes, but we're going to have to do it while Tommy's not in the building. So we'll get to that in just a second. I'll get Brooksy's thoughts. But basically, we want to know who needs a win this week. Who needs to be the winner winner chicken dinner of the week? Thanks to Char Grill Charlie's. I'll get to that in just a sec. Perhaps it's the game of rugby league. Now, we spent a lot of time on this last week and we'll continue to pick away at it this week because the clock is ticking. Three weeks until the NRL All Stars match. 38 days until the start of the season proper. We've got movers and shakers in terms of signings, but we've also got those caught in limbo because there's still no deal between the players and the league, men's and women's players and NRL headquarters. Now, the silence out of the NRL continues to be deafening, and I've made the point loud and clear that they don't have to jump out and say anything. They threw the first bomb, which was the big salary cap number. And ever since then, the players have been paying, playing catch-up. But what about those caught in limbo? Now, coming up this morning, we'll speak to the source, Josh Mansour. He's off contract, as you probably know. He's without a club after being told by the Rabbitohs last year they didn't want to continue on with his services. In fact, he played just 16 games in his two years in the return to the Bunnies. So Josh is 32 years of age. I think he's about to have his third child. He's played 174 NRL games over 11 seasons, scored 86 tries. He's been an excitement machine, had nine years with the Panthers. So you all know the details. His contract in 2022 expired on November 1 at the World Cup while he was playing for Lebanon. He does supposedly have some interest from Super League clubs, or hopefully, but he wanted to get a deal done to stay here either in Sydney or in the NRL, before the trials begin. Now, that's all in limbo. And part of the reason why is, well, I've just gone through his age and his experience, but part of the reason why is there's no deal on the table. So how hard is it making for clubs to pick up the phone and say, Josh, you'd be great for us, either on a, on a, on a short-term contract or something that we'd like to work out? How is this current standoff between the RLPA and the NRL-affecting players like Josh Mansell. We'll have a chat with the source in about half an hour's time. So they're, they're the kind of players. Josh is the kind of player that's caught in limbo. Then you've got the movers and shakers. The Bulldogs have officially announced Stephen Crichton for 2024. So it's a four-year deal. He'll join former Panthers... Seraldo Burton kick out there at the doggies. They are building, building and building. Do they have enough room for Mitch Moses? What do the Bulldogs need to make a premiership run in 2024? Or do you think that they could make a bit of a run this season in 2023? Stephen Crichton officially heading there. Meanwhile, the Brisbane Broncos have done a short-term deal. So this is the flip side to the Josh Mansour story. Marty Tapau is going to the Brisbane Broncos on a one-year deal. He's played 222 NRL games, debuted back in 2010. So there are deals out there to be done, and those short-term deals could well be the kicker as we wait to see what's next when it comes to the NRL and the Rugby League Players Association. It's the second week of the Australian Open. This is where the business end really starts. It's an extraordinary feel down there because it starts to get thinner and thinner by the day. It's incredible. All those outside court and the activity that goes on at those outside courts starts to dry up. But now you start to get the big, big matches. However, the scheduling continues to be a hot topic at Melbourne Park. Let's have a listen to the incredible Andy Murray. On his say, remember he went through that 408 finish last week. His body's all busted up. It's held together by titanium. How on earth he keeps going is beyond me, but he's not happy with the scheduling. Here's his take on it.
1: Finishing matches at four in the morning is not, isn't good for the the players, but I I would also argue it's not good for the sport, You know, anyone involved in it. Um, And I I do think there's some quite simple things um, that can be done to change that. Like I think the US Open went to playing two matches in the day session. you know that that would stop the day matches running into the night session and um, starting too late. So I think that's that's quite a simple one that you could you could look at. Um, you'd still get quality matches during the day, and the people who bought ground passes would get to see more of the top players, which would be excellent for for them. Um, and I think if you did that, you could also potentially bring the night session slightly earlier. Um, as well, like 6 or 6.30. Um, you know, and that, that time, those few hours can, can make a difference to the players. So um, I think think that's something that's probably worth... Uh...
0: So there you go. That's Andy Murray. Now, we tried in vain, I think. You and I tried in vain last week to, to come up with an answer. And every time we came up with a proposal, we ran into a roadblock as to how we fix this scheduling problem. And there are more roadblocks there from what Andy Murray says. It makes absolute sense. You've got three matches scheduled today and every day on centre court. Starting at 11 o'clock, we'll have two women's singles matches today and then not before 2.30, we'll have the men's round four match between Rublev and Rune. So Andy Murray's saying, why don't we just play two during the day? Let's just go back to two instead of three. And then that will allow us also to start the later match, the night-time match, earlier. There's a really simple reason. Two letters. T. V. Now, they don't want an early match finishing before it starts to get towards the 6 o'clock news because the 6 o'clock news is the logjam. They don't want that over and done with early because they want a match to take you all the way up, keep your eyeballs watching until the 6 o'clock news. In a perfect world it finishes at 559 and off they go. And they also don't want the later match, the nighttime match, starting until their news hour is done. So that goes back to those two letters and those two influential letters of TV. Here's what Novak Djokovic had to say on the scheduling issue. Well, I think that you know players input is always important, I think, for tournament organization. <laughs> Whether it's decisive, uh, we know that it's not, uh, because it comes down to what the TV broadcasters want to have. So that's that's the ultimate decision maker. And I would agree with his points. I think you know we have days when the day sessions go go longer, but probably more days statistically, in average, uh, where they 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 finish, say five six max, and, and you can start night session an hour earlier at least. So I, I, I agree with him. So Novak gets it. He, he knows that the big money and the big decisions are made by the TV broadcasters, but I, I reckon I've got to call him out a little bit there by saying that when he says the players' input is important but it's not decisive, well, he, he's trying to speak generally on behalf of all the players, but he's in a different situation. What Novak wants at the Australian Open, Novak will normally get. If you're ranked 48th in the world and what you want in scheduling, you're probably not going to get it. And he's earned that right. Roger Federer was a master at it. Rafra as well. So whilst it's easy to say that the player's input is important and they don't really listen to us, it's a bit of a different scenario for him. They listen to somebody like Novak in terms of what he wants and where he wants to play. However, he's bang on... The TV broadcasters point so here's the thing folks we've got to get rid of the six o'clock news important factor out of this if you take the six o'clock news and its importance to the broadcasters in all of this out of the equation it opens up the door earlier in the day and it opens up the door later in the evening so that's the roadblock that's the bottom line out of all of this just don't think it's going to happen Key results from the weekend. Did you see this one coming? Iga Spiontek, gone. Coco Goff, gone. It's the first time in the open era that the top two seeds in the men's and women's singles draws have been taken out before the quarterfinals. So only three of the top ten women's seeds remain, and only five of the top ten remain in the men's tournament, and the Netflix curse continues. So out of the men, Nadal's gone, Kaspar Rood's gone, Rublev, uh, Daniil Medvedev is gone. Rublev is still there. He'll be playing tonight. Uh, and Taylor Fritz gone. Azarenka made it through and Stefana Sitsipas won in a five-setter in four hours uh, overnight against Yannick Sinner. The story of Sebastian Korda is incredible. The son of former Open champ Peter corder with his two golfing sisters who both won the Australian Open in golf. His dad's won the Australian Open in tennis. He's now had two top ten wins. And last night, or yesterday, he did it again. Today, we move into the second week, as I said, and day eight has Sabalenka and Bencic on centre court. Lynette from Poland against Caroline Garcia, and then Rublev against Rune is the later uh, match in the afternoon. The night one is huge. This is massive, and we'll dive into this with Brett Phillips. Alex Demonor against Novak Djokovic. So can the Demon run the Joker silly tonight? because that appears to be the key to all of this, especially with the dodgy hamstring, or is it? Roger Rashid will join the call with Brett Phillips uh, later on this uh, this evening. In the English Premier League, another win for Arsenal, 3-2 over Man United. Uh, Man City 3-0 over Wolves. The Gunners stay five points clear of City with a game in hand. 16 wins from 19 games, 50 points. That's the Gunners' best first half of a season in Premier League history. Steve Smith. Wow, what a performance. Did you catch that BBL headline act at the Sydney Cricket Ground? And the good news is that Andrew McDonald has read the room beautifully. It's a pity that Cricket Australia haven't been doing this over the course of however many years. And we had to move heaven and earth to get Steve Smith a short-term deal to play for the Sixers. What on earth are they thinking? Have him there. You're going to buy a ticket to see Steve Smith. Full stop. And the kind of form that he's in right now, 125 not out of 66 balls, nine sixes, it was showtime. Blockbuster box office stuff. Attach anything you want to it. Steve Smith is the biggest thing right now in Australian cricket in the Big Bash League. So thankfully, he's going to continue as part of the Sixers squad before joining the Australian squad who fly out to India next Tuesday. He will play in the qualifier against the Perth Scorchers. It'll be at Optus Stadium on Saturday. One of the big questions is, what, what were they thinking at the IPL auction? So Cam Green gets $3 million, which is fine and great. Good on him. Fantastic. But do you put Cam Green in the same conversation as somebody like Steve Smith? Do you reckon the phone's now ringing off the hook? How do they do it? Do they let him back in on a late deal? 262 runs in three innings. For the Sixers, it's bizarre. The Thunder all out for 62. And Socky Boy was amongst it, four from 10. Off three overs in front of, well, near on 40,000. 38,757. No question, it was the highest rating BBL match for Fox Cricket this season. Yesterday, the Scorchers defeated the Renegades. So that locks in top spot for the Perth. Scorches and the heat defeated the stars. Um, We'll also chat this morning about Ash Gardner's stand on the Australia Day match. As we know, the women's one day international series wrapped up with a clean sweep of Pakistan. They had a match on Saturday at North Sydney Oval. There's um, a match scheduled for Blunston Arena on January 26th, and Ash Gardner has had her say about that and received a lot of support. She'll still be playing, however. So she's made the decision to speak out against it, but also made the decision to continue on and play. Now, in terms of a completely different level of decision-making, who on earth put a one-day international series on at North Sydney Oval on the same day and same time, essentially, that the big bash Sydney smash was on at the SCG? Cricket has a wonderful way of cannibalising itself. In A-League, Dwight York has left the building with a fair old spray on the way out. Well, I don't know if he knew it was on the way out. Perhaps he did. You're a pub team. (laughs) I mean, really? Is that as bad as it gets from the coach? Isn't that what he's meant to do? Revvy up? You're playing like a bunch of pub players. Isn't that meant to put you in your place? It's seen him... Uh, get the door on the way out. Perhaps there's a door opening elsewhere. We can dig into that. The Sydney Kings went down to the New Zealand Breakers. Congratulations to the crowd, though, to you uh, for getting on out there. 14,232, the biggest NBL crowd this season. The Kings still top of the table. It's one of the hottest tickets in town, no doubt about it. What's happening this morning in the NFL? Well, we've got one match uh, continuing underway this morning, and then we've got... Another later one coming up in about an hour's time, which will be the 49ers and Cowboys. But the Bengals lead the Bills 24-10 to 10 at the moment in the first one. So we'll dig our way through that with Benny Graham. Also, your thoughts around Peter Bowl returning that positive result for EPO. The A samples come in, and he is adamant, I'm innocent, and he wants that B sample tested in the same way that the A sample is. But boy, the damage is done, isn't it? fourth in the 800 metres final in Tokyo. The suspension's been provisionally suspended. It is backdated to January uh, 10. He said, I've never in my life purchased, researched, possessed, administered or used synthetic EPO or any other prohibited substances. He's WA WA's Australian of the Year and he was due in Canberra this week for the announcement as Australian of the Year or as of the Australian of the Year. We don't know if he's going to get it. But I don't know where that's sitting at the moment. Alrighty, our new segment, and this is where I want your feedback this morning. Winner, winner of the week, thanks to Char Grill Charlie. So, who needs a win this week? Who needs to be the winner, winner of the week? Is it Novak to keep that run alive and tie Rafa on 22 Grand Slams? Is it the Sydney Sixers later on this week against the Scorchers in Perth? Is it the Rugby League Players Association? Do they need a win? this week is it the people who are deciding that you're not allowed to park your car on the grass out at moore park do they need a win this week i mean that'd help wouldn't it wouldn't you think that trying to get 40 50 60,000 people into one part of sydney would also come with some form of infrastructure around it or even a light rail that's going to work perhaps do they need a win of the week It's the home of Australia's best char-grilled chicken and chips, char-grilled Charlie's, 0457 736 736. There you go, folks. We are underway for a very busy Monday morning. Come back and join us. Don't forget, Josh Mansell is going to join me, my special guest, this morning on The Morning Show.